Welcome to Upstage Downstage with him, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And him, Stephen Reed, typically seated in the cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked, and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat, and, and let's raise, raise that, that curtain. curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing The Woman in Black. We saw this production at Theatre Royal Nottingham on the 2nd of December 2023. The Woman in Black is based on the 1983 book by English author Susan Hill and adapted by Stephen Malatrat for the stage in 1987. The play is currently being produced by PW Productions, led by Peter Wilson. It was first premiered as a ghost story at the Stephen Joseph Theatre, Scarborough, in 1987, before transferring to the London's West End in 1989, and was performed there until 4th of March 2023, becoming the second longest-running non-musical play in West End history after The Mousetrap. So Richard, what's it all about? A lawyer obsessed with a curse that he believes has been cast over him and his family by the spectre of a woman in black engages a sceptical young actor to help him tell his terrifying story and exercise the fear that grips his soul. It all begins innocently enough but then as they reach further into his darkest memories they find themselves caught up in a world of eerie marshes and moaning winds. But first, our post-show opinion! I think I jumped once. Well, I mean... Yeah. No. So with all that said, let's set, set the scene. Okay then, Richard. Into the auditorium we go. Let's set this scene for the woman in black. Well, it was a vision in Hessian. Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was. And that came out quite quick. It did, didn't it? <laughs> Were you thinking do. of that, you know, for yeah, a while? Well, normally I'd use the word auditorium, but this time I thought vision oh, well, I in Hessian. snatched that from you first, so yes. We're playing Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. It, very similar uh, to The Wicked Lady, but this one came first, Indeed, we must say. First. So, yeah. would you like to set the scene? You've got yeah, I suppose, really, it was to depict a an, an, an empty room, a disused space, maybe a studio or a, a rehearsal space. It was It was really just to look like an... A stage when it's not being used. That yeah. was probably the way this was meant to be. That's the easiest way to describe it, really. Um, there was just simple furniture on stage, a, a chair and a, yep. and, a, and a clothes rail. There was nothing. And they were to the stage left? Yeah. yeah well, there's a, no, the, 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 am I thinking it right? No, stage right was stage the, the clothes right. rail. And then and the and door. Then, and then in the sort of centre stage was a, was a chair and a table, a little small table. That's right, and also a chest of uh, a box. Yeah, yeah, it was um, like a, a file, box file, or you know, it was. It was no, 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 it was a big chest, wasn't chest, it? That's, yeah, big that's chest. The word. Yeah, big yeah, chest. like a like a stage costume chest or something that they've put yeah. all the things in. Prop, the, yeah. yeah, props, prop box or whatever. But it was a big old wooden rope handled box that was just to show. To, you know, it was one of those ones they chucked around the back side mm. of the stage and things. And Hessian drapes at the back. Yeah, and they'd added, they had there was also a. A Hessian tab in front of the the main Hessian drape at the back, so it was just an entrance on stage, and then a door off to stage right that just went mm. went off to the side. Really, but was that not covered by Hessian to begin with? The stage left, it was. On stage left, the one on yeah. stage right no, was. Yeah, because that was into the was visible. Yeah, so that was because they hadn't transferred yeah. over to the house. No, they hadn't. That was in the that was the second half. Yeah, well, towards the second half. So there we are. We've set the scene. There we are. I'm surprised our listening viewer can actually understand what we're talking about when we describe the sets because I think we've painted I, a decent picture. No, I I mean I mean for those that me. for those that want to see the actual set it will be uh, put on um, social media. It'll be on our, our Instagram page. Oh, one can hope. So the very first scene we have um Arthur Kipps on stage trying to read a story. Yes. And the actor is listening patiently. Yes, he's, Arthur Kipps is trying to tell his story that he's written down, isn't he? Yes. And um, to get some advice from the actor, and then the actor then takes over a little and starts reading. Yeah. 
it himself, putting in a little bit more action. And it's very obvious that Arthur can't, he's struggling to read the story as well. He can't actually say what's happening. He's, yeah. he's really struggling with, with actually talking about the, the truth of behind the story almost. Well, it was a bit frightening for him, wasn't it? And so, trigger him. Yeah, so as they um, prog- progress, the actor explores more of the world and opens up the storytelling into a more visually compelling yeah. piece of theatre yeah. using the props and then going in and out of the actual story, portraying different characters yeah. and getting um, Arthur Kipps to engage and train him to act out the pieces as well. Yeah, so what we start like with is almost a very bare stage production using the props on stage as pieces of of location pieces almost to help tell that story. Were you familiar with this uh, uh, no, production? never seen it. I know I've heard about it and I've my mum's seen it and a few other people I know have seen it and but I've purposely kept away from things like the film and things like that because I actually wanted to see the stage version before I watched any other version of it. Because everybody there used to be quite a big hype about this production for a long time. Really? In the past. And I remember my mum saying she don't want to see it again and stuff like that and you know so it built my hopes up a lot because of what other people had told me. So, so I, you know, didn't really know. Well, what did they say? Well, they were just saying that. Well, they didn't really tell me what had happened in it, but they just said they didn't want to see it again. And Can you was, understand why they don't want to see it? Because it was scary more than anything. I think they okay. they they gave me the, the illusion that it was something that they didn't want to actually sit and watch again because it unnerved them. So that you know that builds your hopes up to to watch something. Mm-hmm. To see something that's gonna be unnerving and and scary, maybe. Okay. You know, and that's why I didn't want to watch the TV version because all the film because I didn't really want to. Is that the one with Harry Potter in it? Yeah, yeah, it's the one with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. But mm. I didn't really want to see that before I saw the stage version, so I purposely held back. Well, in in film and TV, they can do so much more than theatre. Yeah, they can. Well. And yeah. it, and I just think it would. I got a feeling that. A bit like the mousetrap, it would have been a storyline that even if if I'd have seen it, I felt like it would have sport watching it at the theatre because the storyline must be pretty straightforward. That once you've seen it, you've seen it. Yeah, you know, that's that's what this this that's production. That's how I felt you know, after led me to you. believe really. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you feel about the writing and and how that was? You know, in terms of the story structure of this one. I think you had to pay attention to what was going off because you could have got lost in what's actually happening. Mm. The jump between the between the actor and the and, and Arthur. And I think that It was it very was, much a slow build in terms was, of getting yeah. you introduced to these characters and also seeing them integrate within the story, portray the story and then yeah. going back to why they're there to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And I would say that, you know, for me the bit that made me jump was when Arthur was was when the actor arrived and he just appeared out of nowhere from the side of stage. That that sort of caught, caught that me. made you jump. That was probably the only bit that made me jump. Really? Yeah. Oh. Just because I didn't really notice he was there, and I was closer to where he appeared than maybe you were. I was right next oh, to him. Oh, I saw it, him know, walk so, in. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see him walk in because I was just past that door, so I didn't actually see him appear. So you know. No. Okay. For I'll, me, I've missed that bit. I'll so. let you off on that one. However, um, oh, there's a however. I do think it was if you if you've seen productions and things where play where character where cast played many different characters. I do think there was a lot of good separation, concharacterization, and jumping in and out of different characters. I did, yeah, kind of like that where Arthur became so many other people. You know, it, it, that worked. Well. I think for me. This is very reminiscent of the verdict which we saw last year, yes. where the first act was very much a build up and talking and explaining to the audience. Yeah, setting as, the scene. Uh, for... But more than setting the scene, it's building those building blocks yes. for you to be, I suppose, entertained and thrilled and needing and desperate for the second act yes. to be a payoff. Yeah, exactly. Where I felt this. It worked for this because, as it's supposed to be a spooky thing, it didn't really get spooky until the very end of Act um, One, which is very similar to The Wicked Lady. Now, The Wicked Lady is very much this. Yes. 
um, I dare say there's some sort of like plagiarism going on as well. There it, must yeah, be because it, it was, it was viewing, too close. Well, viewing that first and then seeing this and knowing that this came before that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy this because all all I kept thinking was Wicked Lady and it how felt bad like the that same was. plot points and the same the same point the same movement in you know. What oh, was absolutely, and, and even be... down to the set and it being Hessian things yeah. being covered. I mean, this was professionally done in terms of how it executed the spooky things. Yeah, exactly. And this uh, has been established for a needed, long time. Yeah, and what it needed to do. And why it needed yeah, exactly. to do. Whereas the Wicked Lady, which if ever you listen to that episode, you know, we pretty much tear it to shreds. However, it felt like they were just using Hessian things just to cover things without it being a thought of why it was needed in the first and place. And also to be the cover version of Woman in Black, really, because I think that was... the pl- Everything about that production felt the same. I was mm. triggered when you're it, watching this thing. That was an updated version of this. Yes, it was because they had the laptops. But it's but it's very, very even down no, before you yeah. go on. Even down to the travel because in the woman in black, the guy travelled on the train. Yes, and you had the movements, yeah. and you had them him yeah. moving from chair to yeah, chair, exactly. swapping the suitcase around, yeah, exactly and that. their bodies moved because yeah. of the chuntering of exactly the train. That. Whereas in like I said in the Wicked Lady one, she was sat on the tube and she didn't sway, she didn't move no, at all. No, so exactly. even though there was a train journey, that could have not happened at all because there was nothing. But that it was like let's just to let's just loosely rewrite something to still have the similar plot points and movement and travel and mm. and, and just create something that wasn't original. And and I don't know how actually Wicked Lady got past. I don't know if anybody saw it that that actually would have seen Woman in Black, but I would have been a bit annoyed if I'd have created Woman in Black and seen their version and think. It's not well, very... now it's to the, getting to the point where when I do speak about this production, I can't remember which title I'm I'm referring yeah, to course, half the time. Yeah. I, sometimes it just comes out the Wicked Woman, yeah, or the or the Wicked Black Lady or something. You know, all these yeah. words are, are like all merged around. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I can't think which one was which. No. Um. I mean, this one was far better produced. I suppose the best thing about this, um, yeah, the the writing is a bit slow build and a bit antiquated now, I suppose, because obviously you're yeah. you're watching a play written in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, however, um, the acting and the lighting and the sound. Um, was just brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was top notch. Yeah. Everything was executed. The quality was there. The, you know. Yeah, and, and I think even the, especially the direction to have so little to use at your disposal, you use a lot. Yeah, and, and through being a two-hander production as well. Props. Exactly. Really, they they kept the attention. Yeah, I mean, you know, whereas big... the other the other actors in the Wicked Lady. I just nodded off. There was yeah, no well, chemistry you wanted to, there. You wanted to leave in the like halfway through the first My half. God, let's did face I want it. to leave. You know, at least you stayed till the end for Woman in Black. You know, let's face it. You know. Oh well, yes, of course, yeah. yes. But I think I think you know, Malcolm James and Mark Hawkins were captivating when you were watching them. They they, the stage presence was was brilliant. You know, the things that they, you know, it, and and also they um we, we've di- we're going on to the acting here, um. So we'll, we'll we'll leave that for a minute. Yep. Let's just rein it back into the 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 writing and the direction. Directing. It was directed by Robert Herf Robin Herford. <laughs> so all credit to the director. Yeah, for, totally for, for um, doing that. Because it was authentic. It felt of its time. It felt directed in the right period, and it felt like the right ghost story for the period it was it was made for it didn't mm. feel like there was no hint of the 80s or you know you wouldn't have known that it was written in the 80s yeah, in a way. Uh, absolutely and you i know. think also not being afraid to use the silences yeah. and take a break and take the time just to explore mannerisms yeah of course which does go into the whole acting thing um conversation that we will probably pick up a bit later if we remember um, another uh, there's a a little section that I really liked in terms of the, within the direction, 
which was when they had to improvise that they had a little dog. Yeah. And you couldn't see the dog. No. But all those little details of... You could um, see the dog running around on stage. You, you could, even though there no. wasn't one. You no. know, you, you visually, in your mind's eye, yeah. saw that dog with how they were reacting yeah, exactly. to it. You know, yeah, yeah. patting it, rubbing it on its yeah. belly, chasing it around or, or taking it to walk or carrying it or, or, or all those little things. Yeah. It's very easy just to not bother and just yeah, assume the the dog's there and just n- make no effort to integrate it within the storyline. Yeah. yeah, but but they did and they they did it successfully to make this invi- invisible creature. As they did the with cast. the, I suppose not just the the the, the, the creature, they, the places they travelled. You felt like they moved to a different place when they got on a train. You felt mm. like they were travelling on a train. When they were on a horse and carriage, you felt like they were on a horse and carriage. Even though yeah. it was just done with a chair or a box or a this or that. It was all done, you know, when they when they moved to different places. You know, it, it felt like you went there. It didn't feel like you were still mm. on stage in the first first place, you know. And I think, yeah, I, I think that's um, having the confidence... Um, and the know-how to use all your props properly yeah. and the set pieces there. They took direction well. I think that's what we're probably trying to, you know, they've probably been... Yeah. Yeah, they did. And um, I think to have a kind of director that... I don't know whether to say enjoys using props. Yeah. But th- there's a way of making the props work for you. Well, they're just ignoring yeah. them or not having them at all. There's a thing. There's there's a couple of things here. There's there's relying on props to do the job for you. Yeah. Or actually using the props to create the space, and I think, and and also using and to props move to become something along. else and move yeah. and travel and move that you know rather Support than the rather than going well I need a steering wheel to steer a car. It's like no, but there's there's this plate here or you know i'm not, I'm not saying mm. they they had a plate but i'm just saying it's the it's it's using what's around you to create production and movement and 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 tell the story with everyday items that aren't meant for the purpose you know and i think that's the difference between almost demanding we need all the props to give us the things that mm. we need to tell the story when you don't if you if you if you're captivating enough to do it, yeah. and I think it also works, and you can see the um, the roots of this by it being a ghost story. Yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. Um, in in um, in Scarborough, because they would have perhaps had all their props and everything either on them or within yes. that chest to begin with. Yeah, and so I'd love to have see seen how it in the, the Stephen Joseph Theatre. Yeah, so you can see how this is. Um, um, expanded, yeah. only like a fraction, with all the the, the tricks and tools yeah. to make it a chilling theatrical production. Um, but you can still see that it stems back from that ver- uh, from that first ghost telling story by just having all the props within the one basket. Yeah, as well, definitely. You know? It was almost like I felt like we were watching out the fireside ghost story where. Mm. We're in a forest somewhere with a fire, and and you you just you, it's it's a little bit unnerving, and you're just being told this story, and I think that's what it evoked really when you when you're watching it, yeah, you know, building yeah. you building the picture up, and you're having to fill the gaps in, and you know made mm. you made your mind fill the gaps in as well, and then when it got to Act Two, it started picking up a great deal in terms of the action with the um the playing with the sound and the lights and they, yep. they had the use of the candles and that being able to be blown out whenever um, it needed to going behind the gorge at gorge. Where are we in the gorge? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the no, gorge yeah. I meant, gorge, yeah. but it's more the Hessian. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because they were depicting a Victorian, um, gothic sort of a kid's nursery bedroom with a rocking chair and the dolls and and all that kind of thing plays with your mind anyway because they all look spooky and ridiculous yeah but because they were behind this um screen it kept it at a distance and this is where the line was blurred wasn't it really in mm. the sense of from from telling the tale with not physical pro- with props that aren't 
what they're meant to be. You actually mm. start seeing glimpses of the real things. Yes. Rather than yeah. the, you know, so like the door appearing and things like that. That it's like we, for me, we talk about chocolate box and the set, and it's like you've you've took one layer off, and the next layer is something completely different. And mm. it was like we're starting to do that a little bit in the second half because that's what the Hessians are there for, really, to to hide yeah. that. Yeah, and also. Um, they had the staircase even behind that as well, so it was like a, a third layer yes. of the action being um, screened out. So you they they worked a lot with the shadows and the lighting to get that dark figure going up and down the steps. Yes, and not right just the back. and not just that they used um, a lot of like candlelight or one source of light on stage to actually cast those shadows with the physical form so it, mm. it it created it just it was the unnerving sort of moments really mm. what is there anything else you want to say about the writing and the directing before we move on i suppose do we need to think do we need to talk about if if we think that the writing stood up to the test of time okay Maybe. that's a good one um I think it's now a period piece, isn't it? Yes, it feels that. But, however, it's a period piece that was written in the eighties. However, it harks back to an even earlier time. Well, it's, it's almost it's it's pre technology. It's pre, you know, it's a different it's, era within itself. Even, yeah. even when it was written. So, yeah. do I then kind of think is that why Wicked Lady was written to be the modern version? Of that old story, yeah, but it just wasn't executed well. No, it wasn't. You know, and then thinking of this, do I believe this could be updated? Yes. However, will it lose something in terms of the the, the scariness about it? Because our day and age, we've watched you know um, most haunted we we like the spooky things we, yeah. we we've seen a lot of stuff there's there's not something that this generation now hasn't seen or isn't spooked by if if anything we're going to get spooked by like dr pimple popper you yeah, know exactly. coming at us yeah or things that are just you know whereas the old traditional jump scare ghost story doesn't necessarily cut it as much now no no not not when you know we're seeing like saw and we're seeing scary movie yeah. and we're seeing halloween and and i suppose we're exposed to much more graphic yeah. things than graphic content than just and... something making you jump or uh, something moving um that you that's like a, a theater stage trick so it's like mm. well say like when i was young and i went to um alton towers and i went to the um i think it was 92 94 the haunted house that was quite scary yeah as a child but then you go back again and you can just walk around that place you know the floor's a bit uneven the things rocking somebody might jump out on you yeah and and now it's like it doesn't phase you now because you've seen it you know about it and i think that's why they've even put guns in the haunted house just so you can shoot things because it's not scary anymore and you need something to do otherwise you just going around this track yeah yeah, being a bit bored and not really scared by it and i think this particular story theatrical thing yes it's you know been going a long time but for a modern audience i don't think it's as as scary as it what what it would have been so probably an update how you can do that oh i know what we talked about in the car the um, the ocean at the end of the bus lane. Yeah, the, the, the right. lane. Yeah. yeah, when when she was going in and out yeah, of the through doors, the doors and in the dark. That was very yeah. quick witted. Yeah, uh, not quick witted. It was very quick paced. Yeah, it uh, was. there was sound lighting going all over the place. It kept you on edge. It and kept you, were you shocked. unnerved because yeah, you, didn't you didn't know what what was going on. No. I th- I think the tricks are still there within the yeah, theatre world. It's just how do you make it or that story. Um come alive or creep you out and, in a different way and i think that's the difference when something becomes predictable even in the first half you're almost told what you're going to be seeing in the second even mm. though you've not seen it yet you're you're led to believe that this woman in black is going to walk past and or be in the in the, the house that they in the, the castle or house on the hill that they go to yeah it, it doesn't 
it's like, well, it's just a woman in black. It, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, you know, you you can you can see black. Um, oh God, what was the advert? What was the advert where she's in it? Scottish Widow. Yes, yeah, I mean it feels like we, we've seen the Scottish Widow pumped Adverts, onto the tellies for a long yeah. time. A woman with a black cape, and and you know you say a woman in black, it's like oh she's just a woman in black. It doesn't. She's just delivering your pension. Yeah, she? it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't evoke that like oh god scary. Whereas, like like you say, Ocean at the end of the lane, where you've got them playing with darkness. And, and fantasy and, and as fantasy, well, but know. but pulling fantasy off in a way that unnerves you, and and that can be applied to other productions. It's like the darkness is is a very useful tool in in theatre because you can play with it, you can do things, and, and you can make people jump. You can make people jump, and but I think we're just not as not as prepared. We're more prepared for things that are maybe an effect or a, a a a small sort of theatrical effect, a flash or a, a this or a that. It doesn't have the same level of power that it used to. I think mm. that's the difference now. You know, when we saw Complicity do drive the drive power the power of the, the bones of the, the, the dead. Yeah. You, you didn't know what was happening in the sense of it moved that fast that you and I think that's probably what this lacked the pace of it mm. you, you it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming your senses so when it came to a, a jump scare woman in black doesn't doesn't make you jump whereas something that's overwhelming the senses and then throws hits you around the face with something else that's when you jump because mm. you're thinking you believe in something else fast and then something else comes in and I think that's same with the ocean and the end of the lane it, that had that mm. you, it, things were moving so quickly that your brain doesn't have time to compute the scary bit because you're scared already because mm. it's already coming it's already- and I think also this started out by being slightly funny we're trying yeah. to be a little bit funny as well, so therefore you, whilst that's a good way of setting the audience up for a great big smack. It is, yeah. Um, sometimes, like you say, with the pacing, it, it won't always pay off. No, you know, I mean, especially I suppose for us because we're used to seeing things like that and we're expecting it like yeah any minute now something's going to happen because they've gone to the door they've got a candle they can't get in yeah. some something's going to happen here we're going to hear, hear a noise or the door's going to shut slam and it's going to wake everyone up and i think for and me when that do- yeah. yeah when that does happen you just roll your eyes and you think yeah i expected that obviously. and i think when you understand the technical backstage style of you understand the other side of theater certain things don't they have to work hard to mm. make you react, and I think you know that's that's where this I feel is it feels dated now. Mm. But know. like um, the Wicked Lady and like the Verdict, I think the kind of story and Jekyll and Hyde, yes, as well. The kind of storyline, storytelling, I should say, is very much um, setting everything up and yes. exploring it like a story. So therefore, if you're going to have that approach. You've sort of already bored the audience, and I'm yeah. and I'm saying that simply because you're telling, you're not showing. Yeah, exactly. Is it when they try to show during the tell, they reenact things. Yeah, but but when it comes to terrifying the audience, it's like you're getting the message secondhand. Yeah, exactly. So you're sort of half away from the terrifying aspect anyway. If that makes sense, I know what you mean. Do drop me a comment. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's true. Um, no, I know what you mean. I think it, it's it's that you're already being presented with the. You, you can almost see the ending before you even yeah get there. Yeah, quite and, predictable. Yeah, and and and, and we'll also talk it, about the other things. But it's bit, also yeah. slightly annoying the fact that you have to sit through a whole first act, fifty minutes, just for it to start getting hot. Yeah, definitely. That's really annoying. But, Be- but for me, it makes me it intrigues me with the writing, as in the writer. Have they looked at the way older productions were written, and 
because a lot of older productions were written in a way that had to keep telling you the okay. story all well, the way through almost. Okay, so if we go to um, Inspector Calls, J.B. Yes. Priestley, yeah. right? I didn't realise that that was just a one-act piece. Yeah. I thought when all that happened, it was an interval and we were coming back for more. Yeah, yeah, Wow. Yeah. That was no. it. Yeah, exactly. And that was quite similar in terms of the plot twist. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the plot twist in The Woman it's, in Black? But it's almost like The Mousetrap. The plot twist in the mousetrap. It's simple. It's very, it's very obvious. One dimensional. Because it's yeah. But do you remember what the plot, what uh, the plot twist was? Yeah, the, it becomes it starts again and it projects. It goes around yeah. in a circle. Goes yes. around. It's like so it's cyclical or whatever. But do you want to say that again? Cyclical. Like mincing your words. Yeah. Well, I, you know, somebody's got a mince. Um, <laughs> Is it on repeat? A mince pie. It is Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> Right, go on then. Carry on. Back on to the. Just talk. No, I think I think yeah, like you say, it is it is very. Um, it's the predictability of that writing, that style, that it's quite interesting that it must have been. For an attention span of a of of older audiences, shall we say, in the maybe eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred. I don't know. You know, it might be interesting to look back that far and look whether. They were very linear in the the. It was almost like this a, was written in the ah, 80s, that's sorry. yeah. But but for me, does the writer took inspiration from those older writers? How it is a very linear. I mean the classics. Yeah, the classics. It's, it's, it's like it's almost off, like yeah. that, where it's like we can't confuse the audience too much because it will be too much for them to take in. We just need to have one twist rather than, you know. And I think that 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 shows quite a lot. Well, I th- yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to have too many twists, otherwise it'll be a bit um, helter-skeltery. I think when you can see the twist already, that's maybe what, you know, it's yeah, almost no. like... So in terms of um, going forward then, do you think that this would be... Um, have an update? Uh, could they modernise it? I think they'd really need to look at it and 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 maybe like we've said about oceans at the end of the lane they need to if they're going to do it they'd need to really re- rework it yeah cuz i'm i mean anything is possible but now i've just um asked that question to you and i've even answered this in this podcast now i'm kind of changing my mind thinking maybe a new story a different story a different yeah. horror book is adapt- adapted to the stage with today's technology and today's um, what makes us scared and what makes us fearful rather than what that was and a different way, a different way of telling a story. Yeah, definitely. Right. Moving on then. Let's talk about the acting, Richard. We're here for the drama. So um, what I postponed us talking about in the previous section was about the actors and what I would say is, or what I noticed, was the reason why I feel that these actors made us, um, that these actors was compelling to watch was because of the differences in approach to acting. So you had yep. um, Malcolm James playing the, the old Arthur Kipps, who was very controlled, but very... Um, like classically trained he is his voice was quite um low and resonance and slow but meticulous yes and you, you paid attention to what he was doing and how he was acting and this actor had been in the role a while he's done this show before you know he's, he knew it you could Whereas tell with he, a lot of confidence and a lot of poise and just yeah just delivering yeah he he knew he could take his time yeah he didn't have to think about what he was saying so he just knew it yeah and so. also the comedy moments he knew yeah. which one yeah. um, would uh, get a laugh anyway. And the actor, who was Mark Hawkins, he brought a completely different lot of energy totally. here. He completely changed his tone, changed his acting style, changed yeah. his deliverance for everything he was doing, no matter what character he was playing. Yeah, he was a shapeshifter, he was. He, just, he, he, he really yeah. was. And he, he could stand in the middle of that stage and just captivate everyone yeah everyone could just listen to what he was saying um and now you compare that to the wicked lady um, oh, actress, 
very forgettable. You yeah. know, you, you didn't really want to pay oh, attention to them. Oh, my phone's ringing. Oh, mm. I'll walk over and answer it. It's, it was just like... Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was ridiculous. And if you want to hear our thoughts, go and listen to that episode. Yeah, definitely. However, these actors were very much in their element. You know, oh, yeah, they, yeah. I couldn't say which one was the better actor because they both brought equal amounts of well, it, substance yeah, exactly. to the role. You yeah. know, it was and, a two-handed production where you couldn't. Yeah, you, you, they they had to bounce off each other to pull to pull the production off. Really, yeah. I shouldn't have even said that. You know, looking for differences with them between which one was better or not. To be fair, but you know. Um, Throughout this whole show, even though the writing wasn't necessarily thrilling me, I was engaged simply because yeah. of the technical aspects, which we'll talk later. Yes, exactly. And specifically, the acting. Because yeah. if it wasn't for the actors, if we'd got two pairs of actors, just like Wicked Lady, I'd have wanted to leave yet again. Yeah. The same kind of play at the interval. Yeah, because as a storytelling piece, they were engaging and you mm. wanted to listen to what they were saying yeah. you know it didn't glaze over really no and again like um i said on the verdict the second half picked up yeah this the second half picked up even jack and Ho- jackal and hyde yeah. the second half picked up yeah because you you knew what you the, invested the scene in had the been said you know mm. um although i don't particularly want to go over old grand and um analyze the, the old plays again this um I just thought they did a fantastic job in every aspect of their uh, performance. It was just um, just a joy to, to watch. Moving on to our next segment, as we say, we're here for the, for the drama. drama. Now, uh, do you want to say anything on the um, performance here for the drama? Are we in here for the drama now? Well, we have been for a while. Yeah, I know we have. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, physicality of... Um, personally from uh, Mark Hawkins was brilliant. I mean he 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 never stopped. I mean he must have been worn out at the end of the production. He didn't need the gym, you know, running about and 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 being f- almost the it's the reactions when he was falling over, when he was like um unnerved. You could there was physical movements. He wasn't just you mm-hmm. know, when he was when he was in the house and things like that. He really he put effort in, you know, to 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 depict that's his the least he could do, isn't it? Exactly, put effort in. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think I think it shows, doesn't it? I think you know, like we said, yes, yes, the overall production wasn't as scary as maybe we were led to believe, but his performance was. You couldn't fault his performance. I think if you're doing a two-handed show or even a one-person show, all eyes are on you, mm. so you can't necessarily hide behind. Other actors, because in a way, there was a lot of moments where he was in a monologue, in mm. some parts, because he wasn't always, they weren't always both on stage. There was times when he was delivering things, all on his own, telling a story, running around, and and running around an empty house, in like being knocked over or you know or, or reacting to a jump or a thing like that, and you felt like he was in those spaces. You didn't, mm. you know, you felt like he's. His reactions were brilliant, you know, mm. and then yes, you know, you can see through some of the like non, not as scary bits, but actually his reactions. If we didn't have that, it wouldn't have even been worth watching in the second half. You know? No, and also the the character developments between yes. all that and especially like Arthur Kipps not being the actor, but then being the actor yeah. and retelling it yeah. and, and th- for it all to come full circle. And, th- and then also there was moments where Snap and they're back in the room in the mm. studio on the empty stage in the theatre. Yes. And then they went straight back into the other characters. And it, it, the, there was moments like that that, you know, the, the light and shade of that was really, really good, you know. Mm. And also to be able to go from um, one character that the audience has followed to another character with a different accent and a different way of uh, being yeah as well I just just flip that and then go back again you know that that does take some doing as well yeah it really does um, you know. to be convincing as well and i think mm, that's absolutely. the thing 
Is there anything else you would like to talk about in terms of the acting, costume, and props that we all done there? I think we've talked touched on props in the sense of they were all there wasn't many props apart from. No, I, I suppose one thing we didn't talk about is the props for the uh, the old house. I mean, the child's bedroom, the things in that child's bedroom looked like they should have done in the period that it was set in. Mm. You know. There was nothing out of place, and and yeah, I think we the said visuals were, or you know, yeah, the, like the visuals were there, and mm. you know, there was a lot of well, there's just a lot of hessian hiding things, and mm. and giving you the it was you know the certain things weren't revealed till later mm. on. And also, to say this was a two hander, actually, it wasn't. There was a third actor. There was yes, yes. However, that particular role is neither here nor there, really. No, and I think no, you you, knew, you almost, for me, the third actor. Once you'd once you'd seen her spoiler, um, her once, it it became less, mm. less of a less exciting. Yeah, because you knew there was a third person it, in the mix, and it didn't it didn't become, mm. it didn't become surprising then after that. You know, no, you knew that this woman in a black cape, like the Scottish widow, yeah. was there, and you didn't really. It didn't. It didn't surprise you any more than once you've seen her. That's mm. it, really. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, she. I mean, she did what she needed to do. But it, you know, there was. There's not a lot more she could have done. Moving on to our next segment, as we say, what, what the, the tech, tech is, is this? I thought that this show benefited a great deal with the whole lighting and sound effects going on, especially when it came to creating that depth of spookiness within both the child's bedroom scene and the um, the rocking of the chair and the changing of the, the dolls, but also the third set where the characters are walking up the silhouetted staircase into the yeah. house as well, right at the very back yeah. as well. It created depth on stage that was unexpected, mm. and it it, it, it increased the the eeriness of the vid mm. as well. Because you had the light shining towards us, yeah. but from the back to illuminate one. Played section. a lot with shadows and yeah, and, and then shining towards the gore, so you couldn't see anything as at all. Yeah. And they did a lot of, uh, you know, and it was little things like I mentioned earlier with the, the single light and the candle light yeah. in, the, in the lantern and stuff like that, and then light coming through the doorway and things like that. They that added more power to the to um, the actor's performance when he's going up to the doorways mm. and stuff like that, and then um, and when doors are opening on the re- the doors open on his own. Oh and, yeah, with that door when it, that opened, was there a coloured light? Was it a red, red light? light. Or it yeah. was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because that's the bit where everyone got spooked. Yeah. And I was like, is that it? Yeah, and I think that, that was <laughs> I mean, thing. I appreciated it, yeah. but I expected it. I yeah, knew, what, we knew was what was coming. I don't know yeah. why. No, <laughs> and, and I think that was that was maybe, for me, that's where the, the, the ageing of this production comes. It's like when you see a doorway... You know it's going to light up red, or you know it's going to be a dark, spooky colour. You know what's it's going to, yeah. You know it's going to be handle's going to the turn. handle's going to turn, or there's going to be a rattling, or you know something's going to be happening. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it, from looks and visual visual effects, it worked really well. As mm. in, um, I suppose one of the things that maybe I found a little bit old fashioned, shall I say, is. Using the gobo projected of a house on a on a on Hessian, it, it maybe it looked a bit old fashioned in the sense of old theatre types rather than using a projection of something. It may, ah, may but have... wasn't it meant to have been a theatre thing because they were actually it was the actor yeah maybe being yeah yeah you could say uh, that staged yeah, uh, in, yeah uh, I'll take that quotation marks um, staged event but could it have enhanced it if it was a projection or something. To you know, well, you know, Richard, it could have been like a model house coming down from it, the the, it could, the roof, and it could, it could have been a blimp. Been, it could have been a blimp. It could have been like a house come up from the the floorboards as well. Yeah, anything. Um, but no, I think that the sound effects were done well. I suppose you know the 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 things you know certain certain elements of sound effects. I suppose you when you know that speakers are hidden around the room, it doesn't. Mm. It makes you jump a little, but it doesn't make you jump 
like it maybe would have done. It doesn't feel exciting because it's not doesn't feel new anymore. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. All I'll say is the whole uh, technical aspect of the lighting and the sound yeah. was extremely slick. I don't think anything went wrong. No, everything was um, adequate, but more than adequate, it um, assisted the acting. Yeah, it did. And the actors delivered the story. Yeah, they did. So it was a really strong production, and the production quality was really excellent. Yeah, because you can you, know. you can be you can almost be made a fool of by having a production like this that is a three-hander, shall we say. Yeah. And you can feel like is it more of a cash cow than it is actually a production. Mm. But I do feel like the actors acted. You know, so that's well, the I, difference, isn't it? I think it, everything played their... Every part, every aspect of this production played its part well. Mm. The only thing that um, didn't necessarily yield... Uh, get me motivated in this was probably the storytelling yes. and, the, and that that comes back to the script yeah um it's just probably just not my kind of thing yeah. and i think i've said that with a few few of these productions now yeah and now it's time for our rewind rewatch rewind rewatch richard what would you want to watch again from the woman in black woman in black I think for me it was the moment where the stage was flooded with smoke and there was a scene where the actors acting being lost in in a in a vast space and there was that just typified how good an actor he was which one the actor the actor in in, in, in which actor the actor the actor the actor, actor playing the actor yeah i think Mark it was Hawkins. that Mark Hawkins but it was that scene where he was lost in the fog and and it was all sort of breaking down, and I think that was the bit that, for me, I'd watch again. Was it quite indicative to your life? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, lost in fog. <laughs> Searching for a dog. You know. What about your room? My, I think I'd have to re-watch the ending when it started building up. Yeah. Not to say it wasn't forgettable, but I've forgotten it, so it's forgettable. So I will say it. And that's it, to be honest. Yeah. Like I've said, these kind of productions, which is them reenacting a story, doesn't necessarily work for me. Pride and Prejudice sort of worked for me. Totally. But this, no. A bit like Jekyll and Hyde, that was that was a good production, but I wouldn't wish to go and see it again. The Verdict, quite good, slow burn. Once you know to... the result, you yeah, don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to see this play again. No. Thank you very much, no. Yeah, I've seen it once. I won't say it again. Moving on to our final segment as we say... Call this a show? On a whole, Richard, the woman in black, would you like to summarise your experience and your final thoughts of this production? I think I went in with an open mind knowing what other people had said about it, but I did find it dated and, but you know, it was a, a, a well-told story, but it was a, a, a dated production. Okay, I'm going to agree there. I felt that this one was going to be the one to watch. Because we'd seen The Wicked Lady, I thought this is the one that's going to be better. This is the one that's going to make me think that actually they can do a spooky play. Yeah. That would really, you know... Knock me off my seat. Knock me off my seat, really make my nipples stand on edge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and all that kind of thing. But it was a little lacklustre, but I love the production quality to it. I love the attention to detail. I love the direction. I love the acting. So it was a good show to see. It was just a good show to see. It was really well executed. You know what I'd like to see? What? If Neil Gaiman rewrote The Woman in Black and then they created a production out of it. Uh, That's what I'd like to see. Uh, or the director who did that. Yes. Because I think it would have been down to the director. It would be really interesting the if they had freedom director. to re to change the production, because that's when it might have actually been. Or go see another show, yeah. different show entirely. Oh no, Ocean at the end of the lane, job done. Oh, nasty. Scores and please, Richard, for the woman in black on a scale of one to ten, with ten being a spectacularly unnerving fright night, and one being an unimpressive bump in the night. 
What's it going to be? I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Because I just think that's... It deserved some credit for the um, the production quality. Okay, I'm actually going to give it an 8 out of 10. Because I thought that everything else, like I said, was really on point. It's just, it's a script. It's a script and the storyline for me that was a couple of points down. But yeah, it was a... It was alright. It was alright. It's alright. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? Pleasant applause. And I'm going to give it a pleasant applause. So there we are. That's our discussion of The Woman in Black. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Stay tuned as we bring you more of our thoughts. And opinions. On many theatrical delights in future episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. You can always join in the chat to share with us your views of a production. Also, make sure to follow, share, like and subscribe to all our channels so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. I was lost in France. Oh yeah, yeah. Body Tyler impression. Now, um, I'm doing all the talking here. You're not doing any talking. Look, I can't hear you speak at all. You're not speaking at all, are you? You just got mute. I am, but I'm quite loud. Oh, it's all about you now. Because it's right at me. Yours is quite far away. Yeah. Because yours is pointing over there. Yeah, it's it's, it pick up my voice. Yeah, that's better now. So it's working now. It's right yeah, right. now you've turned me up. Uh, only, a more, only a little bit. Yeah. Stop turning me off like a light switch. I'll put you in a box and crush it. <laughs> I feel like I already yeah. And adapted by Stephen... Malatrat. Malatrat. A lawyer obsessed with a curse that he believes has been cast over him and his family. A lawyer of certain... So Richard, what's it all about? A lawyer obsessed with a curse that he believes has been cast over him and his family. No, it's because I'm pausing at the wrong place. Don't pause at the wrong place. No. A, lawyer's, the right a lawyer place. obsessed with a curse that Don't he believes has... Yeah. I spoke over you. You did, didn't you? Engages a sceptical young actor to help... Engages a sceptical young actor to help him terif- tell... Oh my God. I still can't get over the fact that... Arthur Kipps, sorry. It's the, the lead character in bloody Half a Sixpence, the musical. So every time I see Arthur... No, it's Arthur. Is it Archie or Arthur? It's Arthur, yeah, it's Arthur. So I just keep thinking it's going to be like Michael Crawford. No, not Michael Crawford, but he... Michael Caine? No, Tommy Steele just coming out and doing... Because <laughs> it's the same name and... Oh, yeah, anyway, God. You've lost me. <laughs> no, you can drink when we record. Try Really chokes. Oh god, god. That's it. Make a fool of yourself, but pause ah. the recording. Oh. <laughs>